We are recording a podcast. The Right Story Sanchez podcast is brought to you by Big Barker Therapeutic Dog Beds. Make your dog a process pup today by ordering at bigbarker.com slash Ricky. Get your new process pup patches. Cornblow and Cornblow, the official law firm of the process. And Kinetic Skateboarding. Get 9.1% off your first order with promo code Dave Silver. On the show today, just a not great way to end a game on Saturday night against the Golden State Warriors for a number of reasons. So we will talk about that. Um, Joel Embiid talked before the game, said he is taking his long-term health into account when he's sitting out. Thank goodness, we'll talk about that. And a lot of Celtics-related questions in a Lorenzo Brown mailbag, as well as the return of Brian Colangelo relationship advice. Before we get going, Boy, the lottery party announcement is coming, I would say, within two weeks, Mike, right? Yeah, within two weeks. It is a big one. Um, wow. It, it's a big one. I mean, you would confirm that, right, without suggesting anything? It's a big, big one. Big one confirmed. For a lot of reasons. So um, if you want tickets before they go on sale to the general public, if you want to get them before the normies, Sign up for the Rights Ricky Sanchez newsletter at rightsrickysanchez.com slash newsletter. Sold out in like three and a half or four hours last year. I imagine it'll be quicker this year. Um, without any further ado, here is Run the Jewels. We are the murderers there. That with the jail and we murdered the murderers there. Then with the hell and discovered the devil delivered some hurt and despair. Used to have powder to push. Now I smoke pounds of the push. Holy, I'm burning the bush. Now I give a fuck about none of this shit. Two runner over and out of this bitch. Step into the spotlight. Welcome to the Rights to Ricky Sanchez podcast. I'm Spike Eskin, along with a guy who never misses a shot on purpose ever. That is Mike Levin. Hey, buddy. Hey, man. Against my religion. To miss a shot on purpose? Yeah. Weird. I didn't know I that. Only ma- I, only, I only make shots. I, uh, I, I watch a lot of games uh, on DVR. Last night was a game that I watched on DVR, and or I watched it this morning. I, I'm sort of thankful for that one. Did you, I know, am, did you know that they lost? Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm like, it's almost impossible for me to, and I don't want to find out they lost by like 32 and not know it, and not know that I could speed through some parts. <laughs> so, But when I saw the final score, I'm like, hmm, let's see what happened. And I was glad that I didn't watch this one live because I think it would have frustrated me more had I watched it live, but I already knew they lost, so it was a little bit better. Um, yeah, to me, it wasn't it wasn't as frustrating, maybe just because it's the Warriors and NB's not playing. It just felt like uh, one of those games you're just like, all right, well, you know, they hung in there. Um, and... I think they got a bunch of good looks at the end between yeah, JJ the and Harris T- one. JJ and Tobias, yeah. Um, and uh, and this game could have easily swung the other way. So it, it's not. I think I think you can go into. I think it's a long way away. But if if the Sixers happen to get to the finals, I think it wouldn't be like, oh, we're gonna get the fucking doors blown off every single game. Now they might not win. They might have a couple games where they get the door, doors blown off. But they've hung in there like winning one game and then winning basically three quarters of another game um so i f- i feel reasonably come let's get there but uh yeah there's some some frustrating end stuff 
Um, well, weird decision well, making. Yeah, by everybody. By everybody. Um, yeah. Like well, let's, the, can we, oh, go, go for it. Go for I'm it. I'm sorry. Well, I was just gonna say, let's start off. I want to like make sure we get all of them. I think the the one to start off with is because I've been thinking about it all morning since I watched the game. Is the the because I, I want to talk about Brett Brown. We I, I think generally we're like. Um, we don't talk about Brett Brown a lot on the podcast, and I feel like I get a lot of criticism for that, but I don't usually know what to say. I'm not like a yell about the coach guy unless something is pretty egregious, but I did think there were a couple things in the last five minutes of last night's game that are worth discussing and like wonder why they happen. I, I've been trying, so the one, the first thing I wanna talk about is the on purpose missed free throw. And well, I, so even even before uh, that, can I, can I okay. whine about sure. that? So they're yeah, down sure. three, with yep. like 32 seconds left, I think it was. Mm-hmm. And you have to figure, or maybe it's maybe it was less than that at this point. I, I was like, why does Ben have the ball? He had, yeah, he, had, okay. he was That's on my list. He was four for four yeah. from the line and he hit the first one. So, like, great. That was, I mean, good shooting day for Ben. But like, you have to assume that they're going to at least well, consider the fouling penalty, the worst, yeah. one of the worst, uh, you know, ball handling guards from the line in the league. And if you're not going to do that, then I think it's like, why aren't we pushing the ball? Like the, the combination of like, we're going to slow it down and run a play off a screen while Ben like walks the ball up the court. And it just didn't seem like it made much sense to me. And I, Draymond like was pissed off at the foul. And I don't understand. I don't understand why that was at all. It was just a weird, both teams like weird, last segment of the game. So I agree with you. That was on my list. The And it, there was less time than that because it was almost like they were playing for the last shot, I think. Yeah, um, you're or, right. It was, like 15, it. it was like 15 seconds left when they checked it. Yeah, Be- because when Ben was on the line, I think there was, I actually think there were like 10.8 seconds. I think mm-hmm. that's what it was. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm thinking the same. I was, I was like at some point, not on the pod, but on the radio last week, we were talking about what they should do in the final few minutes of games. And I was like, well, if it's close, we really have to do the thing where Butler is the guy bringing up the ball and have it on the perimeter, mm-hmm. and Ben has to do other things. And like, there's there's almost no to your point. If if they push and it doesn't work, it immediately has to go to someone else, whether that is Butler or Harris or somebody. Because the other thing about Ben being on the perimeter with the ball the um, in the final seconds is not only is he not a good free throw shooter, but there's no chance, like the other team is much more comfortable going up to foul him without the thought that he'll be able to get a shot up real quick and it'll be a three-shot foul. Like Ben is not going to gather the ball and shoot a three and maybe make it a three-shot foul. So it makes it even like less of a risk for the other team to go up and foul him. Um, In addition to that, like a few plays before when Ben had the ball in half court, I think it was Green was playing like 15 feet off of him, which is what what they do. Like, so they already showed you that they are like which what they are. I, going I'm to less do. of I have less of a problem with because then they'll then they'll just run the dribble handoff, and if Green or whoever the defender is is too far back to to get a, to help on the screen, then Ben screens Steph or whatever, and Steph dies on the screen, and then JJ has an open look. So I'm I'm fine with that part of it. It was just like. It just didn't seem weird, and, and before that, we didn't talk about the Mike Scott intentional foul, which was just a bad decision. Yeah, I just he, well, yeah. That, Brett said he didn't, he shouldn't have done that, and that was just not yeah. knowing the situation, I guess. 
Well, and Brett, Brett said it on the court. Why did he foul there? He said it to TJ. I saw no. him say it. Funny. Yeah. So now you could go and now this is where like the the blame the coach thing gets murky. And if you don't like Brett Brown, what you're going to do is say. Well, he should have told him before he went out on the, the court not to foul. First of all, we don't have any idea that he didn't. Mm-hmm. And then second of all, Mike Scott's got to know. Like, you just, you got to know. You, yeah. got, you, you have to know, which is a shame because Mike Scott had a good game and has played well the last Great few game. games. Yeah. Yeah. But, but that, was, that was pretty inexcusable. Mm-hmm. So, uh, all right. So we agree that it was a mistake, whosever mistake it was, but I, I, I think it has to be has to go on Brett at this point that Ben has the ball in that situation. Yeah. Second thing is the missed free throw on purpose. So I've been trying in my head to make it like, I think it was Rich Hoffman tweeted something about, I wish there was like a chart like uh, NFL coaches have for when it, when you should go for it on fourth down or when yeah. you should go for two or when. But I, all morning I've been trying to think about what the logic is there and the only way I can I can come away from it and saying, like even considering, okay, Ben's only a 60% foul shooter, the Golden State Warriors free throw shooters are all good, all of those things. I, unless Ben Simmons is really awesome at missing free throws and getting long rebounds and giving you like just a really good chance at getting that rebound, I can't figure out how that's any b- better than... <laughs> Then Ben just maybe missing it. I, I just I, I I it is a bad decision. I, I I can't I can't get around that it was a bad decision. Well, the thought Can process you, is that he hits it right off the rim and it bounces right back to him, and then they start the offense and go from there. But that's hard. Like that's for even sure, harder sure. than making a free I, throw. <laughs> I I agree. I wouldn't have I wouldn't have missed on purpose. I would have rather yeah. had someone else with the line to just have like an automatic two makes. Um, mm-hmm. And then go, okay, we're down one with 10 seconds left. Let's try to steal the inbounds. Or if not, we'll foul and then foul. we can go for a three. Um, yeah. But I, some people like the, the logic of like trying to surprise them with that, with that miss. I think uh, there was a Draymond quote after the game that he was like, yeah, we, were, we didn't know that was going to happen. So had he, had he hit rim, then that might have been a good move. Um, I just think like too, off, too often you see that they rush it and hit all backboard, like not even close. And that, that frustrates me from like a, a rules level where some people have to be like, I, f- I forget what game I was watching, but they were like, a lot of people don't know you have to hit the rim first. And it's like, everyone knows you have to th- hit the rim first. Like everyone, you must hit the rim on foul shots. Otherwise it's a violation. And so that I, it was like a, it was a frustrating execution. I wouldn't have done the decision, but I can, uh, I can understand it on from a surprise level and from a Warriors make the free throws level, um, but it was just like, like the whole last minute and a half of the game was was a pretty rough, roughly executed situation. Yeah, I it, to me it is like a the missing the free throw on purpose is like an onside kick in that. It, it just doesn't seem like that. I, I never see it work. Like it, it, it just seems like it's too hard to do. It, it's almost always a failure. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I didn't think the situation, like it's one of those things that you break out at the end of the game if you are desperate, but I did not think the time nor the score indicated that they should be desperate. Yeah. Um, I, I, would, I would rather, you know, go for the make. Hopefully it goes in. If it doesn't, you have Jonah Bolden or Jimmy to like 
just slap the ball out of there and see if you can get it like off off a miss there because Jonah's obviously very long. Jimmy times things very well. Like there there was a chance that you get that ball anyway. So anyway, yeah. The uh, dialing it back a half, half second before that um, when they had the ball up three right. Uh, that was when TJ hit it off KD um, on the steal. Did you, did you see? Did you see that part? Yeah, 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 yeah. So he, so he, you probably fast forwarded it because I, I would have done this also. But so he hits it off KD. It was a, per, it was a beautiful play, like his classic TJ play. Was and this so, when TJ was talking shit to Green? I saw that. If that's what you're, no, I'm, he was on the uh, bench. I don't know who he was talking to. I was one of the Sixers bench, and he just like is so happy with himself, and he goes, "That's what the fuck I do." Like, <laughs> <laughs> you can just see it's it such an easy mouth, uh, mouth read, lip read, and uh, I loved it. It was perfect. He, it was perfect. He does. I at, at some point, some other team has to know that he he is going to do that. I just, it is the most TJ. He has his his game like could really be boiled down to like three or four different things. It is um, the the 12-foot jumper, the steal the inbounds pass, um, and then the 12-foot jumper. And that's about all I can say. Both, he, both, he, both times? Yeah. yeah he, he does do a really good job of... He is good push and transition guy as well. For sure. He goes hard the same way Ben does and does seem to... He is not a, a fancy as passer as Ben, and I think his like size makes it a little bit more difficult. Mm-hmm. But it, like it's a lot of it just drive, draw the defense, and kick out to an open shot. But he does it really well. He's really under control. I think... You know, um, I would say the last month, month and a half, uh, TJ's been really, really good every time he's been in the game. Yeah, for the most part, yeah. He and I mean, he can finish at the rim. Like for a guy that is not a not a vertical threat, like his he's really good around the rim. He he knows when to go and when doesn't. I mean, that, that was just a great play. It could have been a game saving play, um, but it wasn't. Uh, I think the they're like. Their undoing obviously came in the third quarter where they got outscored by 15. Um, it was just, it was very like, they draw that foul on Steph. They, it's his fourth foul, and he has to sit the rest of the third. And it, it felt like that was the game right there. Whereas, like, if, we, if they pull ahead here when Steph is sitting, then we'll feel good. But Golden State staying in it and even, like, gaining ground and, and like, having a tie game or mostly a tie game by the end, by the end of the third... Uh, so I wrote down like I think I think it's over <laughs> like because it's just one of those like it's such a momentum shift if you get Steph out there and the team like stays together obviously they just decided okay we're gonna let of the other guys beat us and Steph didn't have a great game Durant had a had a very good game but like was hitting very contested shots it wasn't like Durant was getting wherever he wanted and then mm-hmm. uh, and then Boogie obviously could sort of overpower anybody that the Sixers had on him. And then it was just Damian Lee hit shots. Like he was four, five from three. That's that's a mostly all in the corners. Quinn Cook hit a three. Andre Godal hit a three. Like if those shots don't go in, then you're in a different situation. But uh, I think they thought let's let the other guys beat us, and then they did. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean that's they they and, and the they're not bad other guys to let you you yeah. know to the logic to, to is, risk beating is good. Yeah. yeah. The um, I thought Mike Scott did a good job on Durant when he was on him a couple of times. Durant looked like had a 
like trouble getting by him to your point. Like he was hitting shots where, where he was guarded, um, where he was guarded pretty well. Yeah. I think like overall, aside from the last, for them to compete like that without Embiid now, now Golden State didn't have Thompson either. And that's a, I know they still have Steph and KD, but when you're, when you're that top heavy, not having one of those guys, for I think, sure. is worse. So, but for them not having Embiid, I think it was a, a aside from the last uh, five minutes was a was a good effort. Um, another good game from Jonah Bolden. Um, I thought. I, I, am I ready to say that when Jonah Bolden was hitting shots, the Sixers' offense is better with Bolden on the court? Am I ready to say that? Wait a minute. Hmm. Then, then, then Embiid. Yeah, am I ready to say no, that when Jonah Bolden is hitting shots stop. and forcing Cousins to step out, and the lane is clear for Simmons or Jimmy, am oh, I ready Jesus to? Obviously, Jonah Bolden's not always hitting shots, but when he is, it, and he was three no, or four stop. from three last night, stop. and attacked many Cousins closeouts, made some things happen, had a nice little well, je- jelly at the rim, up and under, and one. L- am let's I ready say, to say it? I don't know if I'm ready to say it, but I'm I, I certainly I did, on the road to saying it. Please do not be ready to say it. The the uh, Demarcus Cousins looks fucking really slow, and he is yeah. he's not like a speedster anyway. For sure, but but man, um, boy oh they, boy! They had, I mean, they had to take him out of the game, and yeah. that's how they they put Damian Lee or Iguodala in, and that's how they won. Yeah, I um, I gotta say, like I know he is still coming back from Achilles and all that stuff, but I, I would be real careful. If I like, I already don't like him, but I would be real careful if I was a team giving him a big deal next year. Like real, real, real careful. That's I don't think he's going to get a, like a big deal. I well, think there's that a lot be... of teams. There's like ten teams with max cap space. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if he gets a max. I'll be very surprised if he gets a max. I think. I hope you know, not. It, well, it, I don't care. Does he look? I mean, I think he looks. He's looked pretty good since he's been back. Like he's putting up numbers and stuff. But I think the it's definitely a, in a. You know, you can play with these other guys because the league kind of passed you by situation. I think he's a good player, and I think he'll. If I was, if 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 my team was like, I don't know, if I was Atlanta or something, and I was like, I want to speed this along a little bit, but not mortgage everything, I would give him like fifteen million. I'd give him. I'd oh, see if, I think I'd, he's going to get more than that. I think he's going to get. But more he got than six that. this year. Yeah, but but uh, but I mean. Yeah, I think that was a they they wanted the right spot type thing. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, Jonah Bolden and, looks looks great. I mean, just isn't big enough defensively. Boogie's really good at using his body to create space. Um, they didn't. He didn't do a great job like preventing much, but Boogie only got two offensive rebounds. Uh, I think there was they did a good job like gang rebounding Simmons, Butler, Harris, especially. Um, but Bolden, like you know, for a for a backup center rookie, like I, I think you can feel comfortable. I know Brett. I know he makes dumb decisions sometimes, and he gets a little gets a little dicey on occasion. But he, like, I think you feel good about Jonah Bolden being a bench player on this team for the duration of his rookie contract, at least, right? And that's not that's like a well, that feels like a huge you don't win. Have a choice. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I, I the the discovery of him as a a small uh, like a small ball five basically is the the fact that he is a five. Um, I think I would I would agree with you. I would uh, I would agree. I don't know how much better he's going to get, but if he just becomes less dumb with fouls, if he becomes better at that, then him as an eighteen minute a game guy or something, I think is absolutely fine. Yeah, for sure. Um, 
one last thing before we get to uh, because I want there's a couple other th- I want to get to the Embiid thing um, before uh, we got mailbag we got a lot of stuff uh, JJ Redick another bad game just an atrocious game yeah um, man when he's not hitting shots um, boy oh boy thank he should be happy uh, that he decided to leave social media because I'm, I'm, I would I think he'd be getting a lot of tweets recently he whatever. I know he thinks he's going to get a lot of money this or somebody's going to pay him well this offseason. If I were him and I want to extend my career at 36 years old, I would make sure no matter what they offered to pay me, I would just attach myself to Joel Embiid because him without Joe, like, I don't know, man, like he's tough. <laughs> so I mean, he's really tough. I think I, I did tweet last night, JJ Redick, when he's off is the worst player in sports. Um, <laughs> I, he's not yeah. this off often. <laughs> like it's just been right. really tough. I mean, obviously all shooters are streaky. We've had, we've talked about, uh, people wanting more consistency out of guys like Robert Covington, which just means be, be better shooters. JJ is mm-hmm. one of the best shooters of all time. Um, a lot of those shots that he had were open. Like he had a, some open looks and he's just missing. So I, I had, I know the numbers say, oh, he's so much better with Embiid there. And he is. But I don't know if it's as stark as the numbers are. I think there's a sample size issue, and I think he just goes through cold streaks sometimes. Um, what I don't like, because sometimes he's missed shots. You know, Tobias was 3 of 11 from 3 last night. He, he got cold towards the end of the game. Uh, I wish Tobias didn't play 43 minutes. Um, I wish we could have gone to ha- James Ennis, and I think the, the combination of Ennis and Simmons, Jonathan Simmons, is some, something's got to give. Somebody's got to be useless th- useful there. And uh, I wanted to see them on the court as much as possible in, in these, you know, kind of doesn't matter regular season games. Um, but with JJ, like he's the, the defense obviously is focused on him, right? Like he's a hundred percent, like Steph's running through screens. They're, they're sending guys at him. They're Draymond is, is, is hard hedging to make sure that he's not getting open looks. Um, and that's fine. I think that, I think JJ being on the court to some extent, m- create space and makes other 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 guys jobs easier right what what the problem is is like he gets pissed off he doesn't get the ball and then they start like brett brett probably says like hey we got to get jj some looks he's only had this many shots whatever um and then they start forcing it to him and they force it to him like on back cuts and it it almost always results in a turnover because guys are draped on him and jj's not fast enough and I just, it is the combination of like him being cold and then them like sort of just forcing it. And I think that that's where they run into problems. And that's why Simmons had nine turnovers. Tobias had four turnovers. Um, they just get a little antsy about the fact that JJ's not hitting shots, so they try to press. Yeah, they, they it's almost like when, when a beat isn't in there, they ask him to do more than he's capable of. And it's just, it's not. It's not good. Mm-hmm. It's not like I, I. It's bad enough to watch him missing shots, but to watch him turn the ball over and like all that other stuff, just mm-hmm. I don't know. He is. They, they, he and Embiid have a great rhythm, and he's obviously been helpful for Embiid, and Embiid's been helpful for him. But it's been a, you know, I was thinking that this stretch was just like, eh, he had a, a, a cold stretch at the beginning of the year. Maybe it's just that too. But it, it looks a little worse than that. So uh, hopefully when, when Embiid gets back, he looks better. Do you like it when uh, he gets hit in the face? 
when uh, yeah, well, he got hit in the face and the thigh at the same time. Now, I don't want anything like bad to happen to him physically, but um, no, I don't know. You just obviously, to... it's not a, a, a facial contusion, but like you know, yeah. getting popped in the face and he like sells it is really funny. You you were asking if I liked when he got hit in the yeah, face. Yeah, I mean, it's just I... like ah, funny. Like not like yeah. a big, not like a huge deal. <laughs> I will say, JJ, JJ had, I think like. Eight of nine, or like ten of eleven games where he shot over forty percent from three, before yeah. this six-game cold streak where he shot under thirty-three percent from three. So it's just like, I think it just, I think it just happens. I, I know it's all three-point shooters are like that. Yeah. All three-point shooters are like that. Nobody Absolutely. just shoots two for five every night. Nobody. Yeah. yeah. Before we get to the Embiid stuff, let's talk about our sponsor, Big Barker Therapeutic Dog Beds. Mike, I am looking right now at a newer process pup on our Instagram. His name is Fletcher, named for Fletcher Cox, a husky chocolate lab mix. And uh, he insisted to his dog parents that both of the process pup patches go on the Big Barker dog bed. Wow. Both. So they're both on the dog bed. Now when you get a Big Barker therapeutic dog bed to make sure that your dog is resting peacefully with its joints supported like a good dog should be, you get two process pup patches with the new process pup logo uh go to bigbarker.com slash ricky bigbarker.com slash ricky slash ricky the big barker dog bed engineered by experts to keep dogs youthful for longer and brings older dogs back to their best a proper mattress promotes enhanced energy and mobility levels in older dogs and reduces wear and tear in younger dogs especially big dogs dogs over 50 pounds over up to 80% of them develop arthritis as they age. Look, I'm only 42. I'm developing arthritis as they age. I'm still waiting for Big Barker. I've talked to Eric at Big Barker. I want a human-sized one to support my joints as I age so I can, uh, so I can sleep as well as Rebel does. The other important part about this dog bed, aside from supporting your dog's joints, is that it is super durable and worth every single penny. It comes with a 10-year warranty. It doesn't flatten or they will replace it for free. And a one-year at-home trial, if you don't like it, you can send it back and they will even pay for the shipping. Ask your dog. You're like, dog, do you love it? Most of the time, your dog's going to say he loves it. But if your dog doesn't love it, you can send it back for free. Handmade in the United States of America. BigBarker.com slash Ricky. Big Barker dog beds. It sounded like, a, like, a, like an error or something, like an error message sure. on a computer. It sounded like something went wrong there. Can we talk for two yeah. seconds about the OKC game, or do you want to talk about that after Embiid? Uh, oh, yeah, it was OKC. I wanted to say, I, I wrote New Orleans in this. Um, yeah, let, let's just do it now, and then we'll do Embiid. I mean, just a good game. Like, they, they know how to play. It's a, it feels fun watching them rediscover the, like, just pass and cut and move and push the ball offense that they were without Embiid last year. I think obviously they're still a better team, especially defensively when Embiid's out there. Um, well, you know, TBD on that Jonah Bolden call that I'm not ready to make yet. Um, but it's it's fun. It's like this is a nice change of pace, and I think it's probably nice for the guys. And then it's like you know, I th- just, I just think it's Embiid sitting for a week is great, and being ready for the playoffs is great, and and giving Ben and Jimmy and Tobias like a little more agency and responsibility is is also great yeah i mean i wish they had more games with Embiid so they could figure out the way it's going to be i uh, i we're at that part of the nba schedule where so many guys are resting that it's mm-hmm. hard to take anything away from any game like without paul george i i, I don't know whether to be like 
you know, wish that the game wasn't so close, but to win on the road in Oklahoma City. Finally. Uh, yeah, after 10 years, whether Embiid was there or not, whether Paul George was there or not, I thought was good. And uh, and yeah, I agree with you. I think I think them, everyone getting the ball in their hands a little bit, yeah. uh, because they're probably going to get it last, or they're definitely going to get it last when Embiid gets back, probably is a good thing they, at this point. They, you know how we talked last pod about them like overpassing and being too friendly and stuff? Mm-hmm. This time it felt like they were doing that with more of a purpose. Uh, especially in the mm-hmm. OKC game, and I would say early on in the Warriors game, it was like they, they, the floor was spaced better in a way that like guys weren't running into each other, or like it, it seemed like okay, we're starting to figure out how we can play together as a basketball team with all these like new parts that we're incorporating. And I love watching Tobias move out, move out the ball. Like he obviously doesn't move as much as JJ. JJ is like mesmerizing with how much he moves, but Tobias moves with such a purpose. It's like. Just no wasted movement whatsoever. It is the, you're going to like this. To me, Tobias is the perfect combination of Covington and Luau. Just like <laughs> cuts with the, cuts with, with hard cuts, but also waits for threes and then steps into them. It's, it's exactly what I want. And he hits shots. And watching him make shots is just very entertaining because just, I'm just not used to it. Um, so it's Covington and Luau if they could uh, make shots from anywhere. Yeah, I was going to say, like, you just turned him into, wow, Tobias Harris is like a guy who's maybe barely in the NBA. No, come on. <laughs> Dude, they're both great. Still believe. Chicago's well, still playing Luau, by the way. They're still playing. They're still, oh, they're, yeah. They still think there's something in there. And by the way, shout out to Covington. Uh, he was finally called. Uh, they they sent him for a, a G League stint for rehab, but he was recalled, and he is he is about to play again. So he'll be he'll be there for Fly the Process Four, which is exciting. Mm-hmm. We'll have all the guys. Uh, we just got to get Joe back. So Embiid spoke yesterday, the first time since uh, since they put him on the shelf with his knee tendonitis, and I was I was told by a, a couple of people that. Um, that there was nothing to worry about, so I decided not to worry. Yeah. And um, Embiid, Embiid, I, there were a couple of things he said that felt like they came directly from the pod, so I was glad that he said them. And, and like, here is the first thing that I like, um, because it's important that he is saying these things, I wanted to say. Not that, you know, Brett can say it all he wants, Elton can say it all he wants, but the fact that Joel is saying it, I think, is really important, because I think he was a large part of the playing him too much problem. I think he was, his, his insistence on playing. Um, he said, it's all about long-term preservation and making sure I'm ready, not just for the playoffs, but also for the next 15 years. Knowing the team, what we've been through, and knowing that I like, knowing me and I like to push everything, I like to play through anything, we just felt like it was better uh, to preserve. I've said it in the past, but I've matured a lot. I've learned not to fight on stupid stuff. If the team wants me to rest, I'll listen, and if I feel good, I'll play. But if I need some rest, at the end of the day, it's all about being healthy, and I understand it. Like, I don't know, that is a, I, I hope he really believes that. Because yeah. the, the, the line, not just for the playoffs, but for the next 15 years, is super important. This guy is, is the difference between this team contending for a championship and not. He just is like there are the the path to that without him, obviously, as the best player is a pretty tough one. And I I just like I'm not just worried about these playoffs and he shouldn't be either. But I'm glad that he knows that. and I'm glad that he said it. Yeah, I mean, that's huge. Those are those are we want him to think about that stuff. I know people are pissed and I'm sure the uh, 
old school guys or you know Van Gundy and more local guys were probably like if he's healthy he should play all star game like that kind of stuff but it's like there's a difference in playing in an exhibition game where he's just like jogging back and forth and doing fun stuff and you know banging in the trenches with DeMarcus Cousins um, I'm totally fine with him and the team prioritizing his health for the playoffs that's what matters and if they if that means they get into the four seed and have to play Boston in the first round then it's like Okay, you deal with that. I think they'll still get the third seed. Their schedule the rest of the season is, is pretty easy. I think of the 19 games left, 12 or 13 are against non-playoff teams. Um, so I feel I feel good about at least finishing pretty strong here. Um, like you said, it, it does matter that they, um, that they incorporate them and, and figure out how to play together. But I think, I think 19 games and hopefully a, a somewhat not easy, but like Miami-ish of last year uh, first round matchup will get them like is a, is a good sort of training ground for what's to come. I'll say that I agree and I disagree. I disagree that 19 games is enough, but I also don't think 25 games is enough. So like I don't think 19 games is enough for them to get together enough to to be in the finals. I, I really, if you made me bet, I don't, I don't think so. But I also think they're, because it's not nearly enough time anyway, they're better off with him feeling good than him not feeling good. I don't think these few games are going to be the difference between them figuring it out and not figuring it out. So Yeah, I think you're right. I, um, think, so, I think so much of it is, is kind of random. I mean, I know we don't like to talk about that, but like the four teams in the East, I'm sorry to Indiana, but I just, I don't think they're going to hang up on the, hang on the playoffs. But the four teams in the East that that matter um, are all variations of very good. We'll see if we'll see if Milwaukee still plays the same way in the playoffs. They're a little banged up. Uh, Toronto, I, th- I still think Kawhi is is just really tough to beat. But we'll see how they how they gel together and everything. It's it's just a we'll see. And sometimes teams are going to be making shots, and sometimes they're not. Um, the the thing you can control as best you can is like. You know minutes and health and making sure guys have fresh legs going into the playoffs so they're not just dead tired um if jj hits shots now versus hit shots in the playoffs like who knows you just you just don't know um so there's a level of randomness that you kind of have to throw your hands up to but if you can set yourself up to be as healthy and fresh and ready to go as possible then i think that's that's the that's priority number one well, I think the level of random, randomness only comes into effect when the teams are evenly matched. Like right. I, in, in, in NBA playoff series, like the best team usually Absolutely. Wins. But I, I think, would, the, I think yeah. those top four seeds are. Are close. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't think. Yeah, we'll see. I, I, it, it's so funny. Every team has, you know, even Milwaukee, who has been great, obviously. Like I have my, my doubts about every top team in the east i think they're all good and i my doubts about all of them yeah so i'm still yeah, scared of, of toronto the most no i'm not i'm i, I would say that i'm scared of I, they would be third in terms really? of scared to me yeah yeah i'd be more scared of milwaukee and boston than them okay I would. look this is fun let's get i want to yeah. get in it i'm excited to not have to face at least one of them yeah <laughs> yeah that's a good point um all right, let's uh, do a Brian Colangelo relationship advice. I keep my heart under my pillow with my teeth and other lies. I've been waiting on your halo just to shine the light. Just to shine the light. 
Brian Colangelo relationship advice theme song comes from our good friend and uh, Imagine the Process writer, uh, Eliza Hardy-Jones. So shout out to Eliza. This comes from Dan. Dan says, my roommate became a Sixers fan two years ago after having never watched basketball before. Her fanhood started during Embiid's first season and quickly uh, grew after she bumped into him on Broad Street. She brought it into, she really brought it, she really bought in last season. She loved the guys and we watched every game together. Her favorite player switched from Embiid to quote, Benny Boy. She was crushed when we lost to Boston, but appreciated the joy this, this season brought us. Things started to, to, started to deteriorate, deteriorate over the summer when I told her that, and, quote, Anderson and, quote, Frenchie were gone. But those are our backup guys, she said. The season goes on and she's still involved, but when they trade Covington and, quote, Sergio, she was crushed. She didn't even know it was possible to trade away guys like that. And she didn't understand how they're still called the Sixers. I was barely able to convince her to keep watching. She was happy with those Jimmy game winners, but uh, otherwise is unenthused by his personality. Then we traded again. She became accustomed to Mascala and quote, neck tattoo, less so by Shamit for some reason. At this point, she refuses to watch the games. She's out. So my question is, what do I do? P.S. She never cared about losing, quote, Bellini. And P.S. There will be a possible Ricky-related surprise at our wedding in the fall. Is that you? From Dan. I don't know. I don't know the same person. Is it surprise you're officiating? Yeah, (laughs) another one. (laughs) Uh, So what do you do? I mean, I had this exact scenario happen to me. I don't know if you have any advice. Yeah, I think Um, think in the same same way that the Sixers are taking the last 19 games to sort of gel together, I think uh, we as fans and... uh, it becomes a um, a real just warming period to the to the guys who are here, and and you focus on the f- the main five or six. I would say, um, watch a little Boban. I think you you'll you'll fall in love that kind of thing. But I think it'll be it'll be like a okay. Let's 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 strap in and and really get to know these guys on a on an emotional level before we go to war with them in the playoffs. And so I think I think that'll be helpful. Once once the playoffs start, I think they'll be in. So just, you know, slow, ease it in. Ease it in over the course of the last couple months here. My experience was that my wife and I started dating during the uh, the last uh, vestiges of Drew, Iggy, um, Elton, like that team yeah. that everybody hated. Hated. Lou Wally, yeah, but she loved and we had a good time watching it. Um, and she obviously, she did know that players could be traded, but... I like I lost her during the process completely like she is gone and she's pretty much gone now. What I would say is um, the only moment I've had and I told the story on the podcast is when I told her the story about faults and she started like crying at the game at everyone cheering for him. Uh, it didn't didn't really work out that way and at <laughs> that well, but it could have. I would say maybe tell her something about some of these players that she will find endearing and try to build that emotional connection. I think Tobias Harris is uh, really magnetic when he speaks. Everyone says his his accent is like, um, what, like New York or, or something, but I, I don't, Long Island, but he sounds like he's from Texas or something. I, I can't quite figure it out. I would say this, show her the Toby and Bobby videos. For sure. Show her those. I, I think those will create connection. I. Don't try to create any kind of emotional connection with Butler. It's it's not. I think it will. There are, there are no videos. I think that are going to work with that one. Uh, but I would go for the ones that are easy. Uh, maybe maybe play her the TJ um, 
uh, Live Ricky, maybe. Maybe she would like that. I don't know. Try to create an emotional connection with some of them. Um, and we have a new neck tattoo. So maybe show her um, Mike Scott's neck, ta- neck tattoos. So Can I, can I just um, say, I mean, I know we got yeah. to get to AU, yeah. but like. AU's, AU's going to be a little later, so we can have a mailbag question or two. Okay. We'll to AU. I'm, yeah. I, as, as everyone is going, as trending, trending south on Jimmy, I'm liking him more and more. And it's not a bit, it's not just to be contrarian. Like, I think he's an absolutely <laughs> integral part of this team. And everyone being like, oh, he's deferring too much. It's like, fine. Let him be. I mean, if that's the issue, like earlier it was like he's not going to get enough touches. He's going to hate it, everything. Now it's like, oh, he's passing the ball too much and not. Like, that's fine. He's moving the ball well. He seems to be into it. Everybody's high-fiving. He's trying hard. He had five offensive rebounds last night. He really sells out for those things. Uh, shooting better. I would like him to go to the rim sometimes more. I think I think that's always the case with guys who are mediocre shooters. I think when you watch LeBron, you're like, just go to the rim. They can't stop you. But like, it just ne- it's just it's just not going to happen. Um, but he gets to the line. He f- he finishes pretty well. He's he seems to have a good time out there. Like I'm absolutely like you know you worry about the years and stuff, but like having Jimmy Butler and these guys around him is better than not having Jimmy Butler and these guys around him. I just don't think, I think the idea of like, oh, we can use all that space for like getting somebody else. I don't know that that's going to happen, especially not as, not as much of a two-way guy. I, I'm, I just like him here. I, I think he's really good. I think that in the playoffs, especially it's, it's going to turn out that he's really good. But right now I'm leaning towards like, yeah, keep all the really good guys on your team. Well, all right. So here's, I will, I will give you a crumb here. In that I agree that he has looked, I think, hit the, the over-integrated Jimmy, even though he looks passive in weird spots and takes bad shots. I don't think he knows how to be like that guy. So he's, he's trying and it doesn't always, it's like a, a computer that's programmed for one thing and you're asking it to do another thing. I, I, I do think he's trying, but um, to your point, like, I just keep thinking about the money, right? I'm not thinking about this year. Maybe I should just think about this year. What I keep thinking about is I saw that Eric Bledsoe contract, and that Eric Bledsoe contract is four years 70, and that is the kind of contract that Jimmy Butler deserves, not $30 million a year. No, I mean, that's, that's, there's no way that's going to happen. He's going to get max by somebody. Well, but, 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 but I'm telling you, I, I, don't, I, don't, I actually don't agree with that. I don't think he's going to get maxed by somebody, and I don't think he's like, everybody says he's a two-way player. He's not a two-way player. He, he's, he's like, he's, if, 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 if we still, it's not, he's not six nine or something. Like if we still do not have a guy to put on the other team's best guard, who's going to guard them? If we're if we're if we have this Jimmy Butler two way guy, this dog on defense, all defense fucking guy that cannot guard that person, then he is not worth that money. He's not. I I, I do think offensively the. Um, the fit in Jimmy has been way better. I totally agree, 100% agree on that. I think he is, I do think he is oddly passive in weird spots, but whatever. Um, but I just don't think there's any world in which the resources dedicated toward what he is doing are well-directed resources. I just don't think, I think it is a misappropriation of funds. And I think that that is, if you are the fourth most important player on the team and you are a borderline top 30 player or something you can't get a max deal you can't you 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 just it's it's it'll, it will be 
they'll be signing their their team death warrant if they do that. Um, I don't, I don't if, disagree if Eric, about the if, defense. Yeah. Uh, I would like to see more defensively for sure, and I th- and hopefully we do once it once it tightens up in in uh, in the playoffs. And I think in, at, at like crunch time in games, I think he has tightened up more um, and really given it everything he's got. Um, but I don't I don't know that I necessarily disagree. I don't necessarily agree. I mean, do you say like you said a guy who's a borderline top thirty player, which I think Jimmy I'd put him closer to twenty twenty five. But yeah. Um, and the f- fourth most important player on the team, which I think it just depends game to game who's hot, who's who's feeling it, what the matchup is, and everything. You're saying that like you don't think you can give that person a max contract because because it it just he there is a his skill set which is at this point offensive. Let's say there is a uh, what's the word? What's the phrase I'm looking for? There is a like. Um, like when you need it less, when you have uh, when you have four guys who who need shots, then somebody whose best um, whose best skill at this point is like getting shots has less value, especially if he can't. The the what, what's the what's the phrase I'm looking for? Um, like almost like if they had three Joel Embiid's. Diminishing like returns? You, you, is that the first diminishing thing? returns, yes. Diminishing returns. Like I, I just don't think, and on top of all of the, if he's saving himself for the playoffs now, before you sign him to that deal, like he is not LeBron. He, he doesn't get to save himself for the playoffs. He, now, if you're Ray Allen and you're getting paid $8 million and like you're just going to let him hang out on the bench until it's go time, that's fine. But like my 35 or $40 million a year guy does not just chill out all season waiting for the playoffs, especially when he's like won two playoff series in his entire career. He's just, he's, it's not enough. I don't know if this for, is for that out. value. He's still playing no, good basketball. Twenty-one and nine on sixteen shots against the best team in the league is is good, uh, and I thought he did a decent job following Steph around when he was when he was on Steph, um, and and can switch onto Durant somewhat capably. Durant can shoot over anybody, so there's so much you can do. Um, yeah, I don't know. I I like him being out there. I think. Absolutely. If you can guarantee that Tobias Harris and Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid are going to be healthy for the next five years and you don't need Jimmy, then it's like, okay, I get it. But I think sometimes you miss, sometimes guys get hurt. Sometimes guys get banged up. They need to sit. Sometimes you need somebody to take over. What if Ben Simmons gets hurt and misses, misses a year? Like Jimmy would be very important to that team if, yeah, if that happened. And but, so I, and I just think like, and in the playoffs you need when, when the, when depth doesn't matter quite as much and, and the rotations shorten, you need just the most really good players. And I, if, if someone presents me an, an alternative of like, okay, let Jimmy walk and then do these things, and then that looks like to me a better team, then it's like, okay, I get it. But I, well, I just think sometimes you just want to keep your really good players. But, but if, if you need the most just really good players, then how is Toronto a threat to the Sixers at all? They, they, because they don't. They, they don't even have close to the most really good players. I, I mean, like they have... Kawhi's, we, we Kawhi's could, very good, potentially the best player on on either team, yeah. um, and I would say okay, but L- Lowry is also still very good and not, uh, inefficient at what he can do and what he what he chooses to do. Gasol is there. Ibaka's never missed a shot against us. I know you're not a big uh, Pascal Siakam guy, but he's very good. Also, like they have, I we'll see what that team is in the playoffs, and maybe maybe once maybe depth doesn't matter as much. And and then that, that would be right, um, 
I still think they just play well together and, and find spots on the floor and, and, and pass pretty well when Kawhi decides to pass. Let's, uh, let's first talk about one of our sponsors, do one mailbag question, and then we'll get to uh, AU. Cool? Yeah. Our sponsor I want to talk about now is Cornblow and Cornblow, the official law firm of the process, the premier boutique personal injury law firm in all of the Delaware Valley. Their new slogan is, if you get hurt and someone might be at fault and you don't call Cornblow, you're an asshole. Um, that's their official new slogan. I have not run it by Adam yet. He's a good guy. I think he'll, he'll appreciate my direction in it. The, you know, you get hurt, Mike. Let's imagine you're, you're rear-ended, right? The other person you think was probably at fault. Your neck really hurts. Um, you know, maybe you bumped your head, something like that. And you're like, ah, I'll just, I'll let it go. Or, oh my God, a lawsuit just seems like such a hassle. It's not a hassle with Cornblow. He takes care of everything. Um, he is a, a uh, attentive, great lawyer, good person, and has the people behind him at Cornblow and Cornblow, one of them being his mom, which is the other Cornblow at this point, um, that are going to make sure that you get A, the right, um, the right settlement, or win the right, um, win the right settlement, and B, they're going to make sure that you feel comfortable about the entire process along the way. We've gotten so many great, um, we've heard so many great things about Cornblow, people that have gone to him, just how like he'll call you on Sunday night. Um, you're always going to hear from him. He will come to you if he needs to. They will. They do house calls at Cornblow and Cornblow. They have offices all over the Delaware Valley, but they will do house calls. Any sort of personal injury, uh, medical malpractice is their specialty, but any sort of personal injury. Just do me a favor. It doesn't cost you anything. Give him a call or shoot him an email. Uh, 215-576-7200. Ask for Adam. Tell him you listen to the Ricky. Or email cornblow at cornblow and cornblow.com. The and in the email address is spelled out A-N-D. Of course, cornblow spelled with a K. Lorenzo Brown mailbag. This one comes from, by the way, our mailbag, our email address for Brian Colangelo relationship advice. And the mailbag is writesrickysanchez at gmail.com. This one comes from Gordon. What's up, guys? I know the Ricky is an influential Sixers podcast, but I was hoping to hear some reactions to the big Phillies news. I also pr propose an around the city segment in general, as I would like to hear your takes on non-Sixers Philly sports happenings as mm. well. Mike, your, um, your Bryce Harper take. Happy. Very happy. Yeah. This is great. Yeah. I mean, yeah. he's a really good player in his prime. They don't come around very often. Um, and having him for a low AAV... It's weird to say AAV. It's better, much better typed out. Um, means that they could go get fucking Mike Trout in a year, whatever. That's dope. And that's what Harper said. Yeah, by I mean, the it's way, awesome. it's crazy. It's, yeah. I mean, the, if you look at what Philadelphia had, you know, two years ago versus what they have now, it's a it's a really good. Just across the city, I don't recognize the Flyers as an organization, but across the city for the three teams that we have. Uh, it's really good. They're they're in good shape. We got to feel good. Imagine enjoying a sport in Philadelphia. Yeah, imagine it. I look. We're gonna have we're gonna have him in his prime, in his post prime, in his post post prime. Yep. We're gonna. <laughs> Can't wait to hate him in eleven years. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna be fifty five when his contract is out, sure. which is just frightening. It's amazing because it look Philly is is definitely a. You get here, you want to stay, but it's not. It's rarely at the top of anybody's list. Yeah. Now, a good way to make it at the top of somebody's list is to give them three hundred thirty million dollars. But even I'd move given back that, to Philly for three hundred thirty million. 
Yep, yep. I'd, I'd, I'd stay here for $330 million. I'd move actually anywhere for $330 million. But um, I think it's cool to get him, and it's cool that the Phillies are going to be really, really good. Yeah. But the other First cool time in thing seven years. That, yep, it's been a long time. Can you believe that the, the World Series is 11 years ago? You That's know, like, like this October. Yeah. It's, it'll be, it's insane that it was that long ago. And I am, I, so, I know we have a Sixers podcast, but I am legitimately just as big of a Phillies fan as I am a Sixers fan. And I've followed the Phillies minor league system for a very long time. And so the original, like, fucking, I don't even want to say Covington, the original, the original Jakar was in, for me, was like an, emotionally, was, were guys in the Phillies farm system. So this is, you know, it's exciting. It's a good fucking time. Let's go. Boys of Summer. cool. It's cool when the guy that everybody wants comes here because yeah. it doesn't happen all the time. It it almost n- never happens in basketball. Actually, it, it never has happened in basketball. Um, hockey, I don't even know who any of those guys are. Did Fedorov ever come here? I don't think so. <laughs> and uh, now football, it, it happens, but like football is different. I I guess those guys will just go where the contract is. It doesn't it doesn't seem like it matters. They don't care where they live as much. If the Flyers signed but, Mike Madonna right now, I would pay attention. Yes. What about Tony Amante? Sure. Um, Pavel Bure, and I'm in. That's yeah. all I need. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Mike Madonna. I'm just going through the hockey rookie cards I had. I'm just going through NHL there. 96 or whatever I played on my computer. Yeah. yeah. And then one more mailbag question. I like this one as well. Uh, hi, guys. I'm a big fan of your work. Keep it up. I just love to hate listen to Celtics podcasts at the moment. Do you also like that or do you get frustrated consuming any of their content? I would love a segment for the Rice Ricky Sanchez where you guys make fun of d- dumb Celtics related quotes from podcasts or Twitter. I know a lot of Celtics fans hate listen to us. I know it is half of our audience at this <laughs> point. I I would never, I don't think, I, I, I find that I don't even listen to that many podcasts and I don't have enough time to do it. I, I don't have enough time for hate listening. Have you ever done that? Are we the only Celtics podcast also? Yes, yes. Hate to see that. I don't know. I, I, I honestly, shame. I don't know. I don't listen to any other, I don't really listen to any other like team specific podcasts. So I wouldn't know if someone has like a suggestion, like this is the one you should listen to, whatever. Maybe I, maybe I'd check it out after a particularly crushing loss. Um, I, I do turn on the, uh, if I see the Celtics are losing, I'll, I will turn on like Celtics League Pass and see what, what our boy Heinsohn has to say. Um, it is fun to watch them fail and lose and, and explode. And the fact that we have there- Marcus Morris, who's never missed a shot against us, now we have Mike Scott as the third Morris twin is a really nice uh, <laughs> feeling. Just like, okay, we got him. He can piss people off. He can kind of guard. He, he can fights. shoot. Sometimes gets into fights. He has... He yeah. just, has the tough guy act down, whether it's fake tough guy, I don't know, but it's, it's, I want to see Marcus Morris and Mike Scott, Spider-Man memeing each other in the playoffs. I found a list of Celtics podcast names. Uh, there is jump around, uh, shamrocks and shenanigans. Um, just another victim house of pain anthem. Those all seem uh, fake. You're making, yeah, you're making these yeah. names up right now. <laughs> They're just house of pain songs. <laughs> right, there's a Walter McCarty to- podcast, I'll listen to that. Yeah, I he was he on the team that beat the Syracuse team that I watched at the Final Four, that Kentucky team? I think so. I think Walter McCarty was on that team, that Tony Delk team. I think so, yeah. Uh, it is time for Reevaluated in Three Weeks on AU's Corner with Andrew Otterberger. Of course, brought to you by Kinetic Skateboarding, our favorite skateboard shop, favorite place to buy chucks and vans, but also our favorite boutique snowboard shop. Uh, they carry Burton, Never Summer, DC Vans, Union Bindings, full service shop. They do snowboarding and ski tunes and repairs. It's supposed to be more snow today. Fuck. Uh, Delaware, also tax-free. 
which is great because snowboard stuff is expensive. KineticSkateboarding.com. Use promo code Dave Silver for 9.1% off your first order. Andrew Underberg. Hey, you. Hey, what's happening, people? Uh, Spike, I have to know, uh, like, did you actually name those four House of Pain songs from memory? Or were you, please tell me you were like, reading off something. No, I just, I, well, I, I, the only two that I could come up with, well, I came up with three in my head, House of Pain, Just Another Victim, and Shamrocks and Shenanigans, but I couldn't remember the other ones, so I did, I did Google at that point. Wait, were they Even still that? No, they're real songs. Oh, no. They're real songs. They're were the, those are not real names of the podcast, of Celtics podcast. <laughs> no, no. I legitimately thought they were, and I was like, oh, that, that sound, I, I mean, what, does the rights Ricky Sanchez sound like a real name for a Sixers podcast? No, 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 of course. And they all smell like Axe body spray. So that's the other thing. E- even three is pretty impressive, though. Like, I, I could name two House of Pain songs. I feel like that puts me in, like, the 99th percentile of music fans as far as House of Pain, like, recognition goes. Three is pretty good. Well, we're, how old are you? Uh, 32. Yeah, 32. Okay. So that, that difference in age, like, um, they were big when I was a teenager. So I think most people had the first and maybe even the second album at that point. Like they were a big deal. They were, they were like, I don't know. All right, I'm going to have to pull I, my 40 something coworkers and get back to you on that one. Cause I, 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 refuse, they were, they were I refuse to believe that they had like three commonly known songs. I think two is, is pretty, pretty much the ceiling for me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, All right. That's fine. So what do you got? Oh, well, oh, first off, uh, just because you guys were talking about Bryce Harper, uh, I I do like like y- you guys know that I'm I'm big on like inter sports team city karma. Uh, so Dude. like I, I got I got to admit it did kind of give me a twinge that uh, the Bryce Harper news was announced like within hours of Brett basically saying like don't get too excited about Joel coming back anytime soon. Uh, am, I, <laughs> am, I, am I reading too much into that? What do you guys think about that? I mean, when is did he say he's not coming back soon? I thought it was just he's not coming back for the. He, he said game. something. He said something like, uh, like, like you know, Joel's probably not going to play against the Warriors, and Sixers fans need to hear that. And that that part really like struck fear into my heart. Uh, like, yeah, I, I think I think they're going to give him another another week. I think that would be my guess is that he gets another week to ten days, and that'll be it. I wouldn't be too. I don't think they're well, they're obviously not connected because that's not how life works. But. Hmm. Um, to be yeah. de- to be determined, but okay. To be de- sure, sure, I can't confirm, but I'm not I'm not worried about Joel. So I I think it'll be another week to ten, and then we'll be good. All right. Well, if he comes back at any point before the end of the regular season, that's fine by me. Uh, but yeah, so, since yeah. since we're talking about the rest of the regular season, uh, obviously, you know, we do a lot of backwards looking on this segment. Uh, I did want to actually look forward for once because I am looking mm-hmm. forward to the end of the season. Uh, I think there's a it's a pretty good chance to to rack up some some wins like we did at the end of last year kind of get things humming, get everybody playing together. Uh, and also, more importantly, like a chance to settle some old scores and uh, establish order in some of our more important matchups heading into the playoffs. Uh, so that there's a lot of exciting home games coming up, particularly, and uh, I wanted to talk about five of them that, that I'm, I'm really looking forward to. Uh, the, the first one is against... The Brought pa- to you by StubHub. I'm sorry, <laughs> go ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, or SeatGeek, yeah. Uh, so the, the yeah, first one Seat is against the Pacers on uh, next Sunday, so I guess a week from today. Uh, and... I think if we if we win that one, that's basically like a guaranteed uh, three seed for us. We're already up two to one in the series against the Pacers. We're a half game behind them in the standings now. Uh, we, we we absolutely pasted them the last time we played them, uh, and like 
as, as impressive as it's been that they've stayed in the three while Oladipo's been hurt, uh, I was talking about this with our friend Jason Lipschitz the other day, it's, it's pretty ridiculous that people don't talk about just how fucking easy their schedule has been uh, over that stretch. Uh, and that is like you can see because like when it gets even like very slightly difficult as it has the last week they've, they've already fallen to pieces uh, and, and then over that same stretch the Sixers have had like one maybe the hardest stretch in the entire league and they've basically kept pace so uh, mm-hmm. the Pacers are about to go undergo like their own total murder stretch in the in the next couple of weeks to come uh, I think they play like four consecutive games in the West against playoff teams uh, and like I, I think is, is there any chance that if the Sixers win this game they don't like just just seal up the three seed immediately or is there any chance that he yes I don't know I I I don't I don't agree that that locks up the three seed I mean it's not like we're five games ahead of Boston they do they do have a murder stretch I'm looking at it right now so they they still it's still pretty easy they've lost they've lost three of the last four at at Detroit at Dallas then they beat Minnesota and they lost to the Magic at home and then they have uh the Bulls and then at the at the Bucks at the Sixers and then one stop against the Knicks and then listen to this listen to this run Oklahoma City, at Denver, at Portland, at Clippers, at Golden State, home against Denver, at Oklahoma City, at Boston. Those are some tough matchups. And then the only not even easy ones going in at the end of the, at the, end of the regular season because these teams are going to be fighting for a playoff spot also. Orlando, Detroit, at Detroit, Boston, Brooklyn, and then the final game in Atlanta. So th- those are like, there's maybe three pretty easy wins in there with the Bulls, Knicks, and Hawks. And the Hawks is not an easy win these days, actually. And then that's a lot of playoff teams that they got to face. So I, I think AU is yeah. right in the sense that like they're going to struggle and, and start to rack up some losses. Well, they have uh, the second toughest schedule by by record uh, in the Eastern Conference. The rest of the way, Nets have first. Uh, Sixers have the eleventh. So there we go. Uh, yeah, I'm not locking up anything, but you you made your point, AU. All right. Um, what is the fourth? Uh, move, moving on. Uh, the next game is against the Cavaliers on uh, that Tuesday, March 12th. Uh, gives us a chance to hmm. avenge our, our first home loss of the season, which you remember was against that Cavs team, that awful game where Colin Sexton, Jordan Clarkson, and Rodney Hood somehow each scored 55 points in the same game. Uh, none of them missed a single field goal. It's never happened before in NBA history. Very That's impressive. Right. Uh, also, uh, potentially at least, our first game uh, with a visiting Nick Stauskas. He came last year as part of the Nets, but he didn't play. Uh, his minutes have been pretty sporadic with these Cavs, but he did play uh, 17 last night uh, against the Pistons in garbage time. He scored eight points. So I think the key for that one will just be for the, the Sixers to get up 30 in the third quarter, and, and then we'll get to see some sauce. Uh, and I think that's kind of key <laughs> because this this might be our last chance. I am not sure that he's going to be in the NBA next year. So, mm-hmm. uh, a, a, do you think that that, like, do, do you think this is this is it for sauce in the NBA? And B, do you think he's going to get booed? He can kind of get the Evan Turner treatment when he comes back. Oh, I hope not. I think no, he's been back enough times to where I think it's just like kind of more uh, non-committal, like smattering of half applause. Um, mm-hmm. I would say here's my prediction for Stavskis. He plays like one or two years overseas and then comes back and like has like a career for like four, like four or five years of like Stavskis actually making a difference. Yeah. Um, oh, sorry. You go. He, well, I, I guess I would just say if they, I mean, he buys tickets to our playoff game. So we, <laughs> they cannot boo him. I mean, he's a, he's one of us yeah. at this point. He's a yeah, fan. Fair so, point. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, 
I think you're right. He's too young, and, and his like ostensible ostensible skill is too valuable to for him not to get like a whole bunch of chances eventually back in the NBA. Yeah. Uh, if Andrew Bogut can keep getting looks at, at like age 34, I'm sure that Stauskas can too. We have uh, we do, haven't do, we haven't talked about it yet. Do you want to? Oh, all right. Any, uh, any, anybody have any thoughts about an Andrew Bogut rumor? Uh, please well, no. I mean, no, please. Well, uh, well, but here's uh, here's what. Look, I agree, but. Uh, he is not what they need, but it's not like there's tons of people out there what they need. Would I rather have Andrew Bogut than, like, like would Andrew Bogut serve more in a positive fashion on this roster in the playoffs than Amir Johnson and Justin Patton? Like, yes. I mean, I, I don't want him, but but I mean, you're wasting two roster spots, and we don't have enough players. So I, I would. I don't know. I love him. Amir as a guy, but uh, I could see them cutting know. to Justin Patton. If Justin Patton's not going to play last night. In yeah, in that game, I, mean, I think he has potential, but obviously Minnesota uh, didn't pick up his option, so he's he's expiring for a little money anyway. I'd be fine waving Patton because he probably doesn't have a spot next year anyway. Um, I would rather than go after Tim Frazier and and have a guy that could just handle the ball a little bit and maybe cover guards, just so fucking Ben Dietrich shuts the hell up about it. <laughs> um, but yeah, having well, another ben center Dietrich that would, would sit would, there would would be yeah. tough. I think Ben would find a way to say Tim Frazier wasn't a guard in that in that respect. So I don't know. He <laughs> yeah. he, he 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 determines positions pretty liberally, I guess. But uh, yeah, I I mean, yeah, I he he would serve. I I'm not. I don't care about either guy really. I, I think I would rather have Bogut than Frazier. But that said, I don't think Frazier's going to get any minutes over TJ at this point. For sure. Um, but I mean, you yeah, need, so. you, I think you need more. More of a TJ insurance than a than like a fucking. How many centers do we? I mean, Embiid and Boban obviously out right now. We've established that Bolden is pretty much a center. Uh, if you want to keep Amir on the roster as a a good guy, veteran type that can occasionally step in and just like body somebody, maybe. But like, there's no guarantee that Bogut is better than Amir. I mean, he. he didn't get a contract last year. He's yeah. been playing overseas. Oh no, no, he's better than Amir. He just, he just like, I mean, I know it's Australian league, but I, I don't think if we send Amir to the Australian league, he's winning like MVP of the playoffs and Defensive Player of the Year over there. And and Bogut did. I mean, he's better than Amir. He has to. I don't know that I agree with that. Yeah, I, th- I think in the playoffs, the value of all four of those guys we're talking about is zero. I think if any of them are yeah. playing minutes, the Sixers were in very, very deep trouble. Who, who uh, do you think? Who do you, who do you think is older between Amir and Bogut? I'll tell you, it's Bogut by like three years. Yeah, but Amir, it looks like he's aged. Um, I mean, Amir's a rough 33 or whatever he is. If I could tell, I mean, Bogut, we haven't seen Bogut. So it's, I know we're yeah. looking at Amir, but I, I, don't, I just don't think that Bogut is anything. If I could tell you, like, hey, Darius Miles looks good. You might be like, okay, let's try Darius Miles over him. It's just like yeah. the fact that we haven't seen him play makes it feel like it's better but I think it'll be slow also he's a fucking weirdo so get out of it yeah I'd be much more excited about signing Darius Miles than I would about Andrew <laughs> yes actually so would I okay uh-huh. fine let's yeah, get Darius Miles uh, what uh, about Odin Odin's playing the beat <laughs> yes. let's just get Odin yes yeah. Yeah, max, him out, right? max, max him out max him out that is process destiny right there I don't know how that hasn't happened yet that's that's remarkable alright so moving on to the third game uh, Saturday February oh, sorry Saturday Saturday April 2nd I guess uh, against the uh, Sacramento Kings uh 
sort of interesting because sort of an underrated thing about the Sixers this season is how good they've been against Western Conference teams. There's 20, they're, they're 22 and 15 overall against the East, uh, but 18 and 8 against the West. And the Kings are only one of two West teams that the Sixers haven't already beaten yet this season. Do you guys know the other one? Portland. Portland, yeah, got, got creamed, obviously. Over two. Go. But yeah. we've beaten all thirteen of the other ones, which is which seems almost like logistically difficult to do. But uh, and they should have they should have swept the Warriors, which would have been pretty cool. Yeah, true. Uh, but more importantly, the Kings game is a chance to settle a long overdue beef from the summer. That's uh, Nemanja Bjelica, side yes. of Philadelphia, decided he'd rather go back home overseas. Somehow got waylaid in Sacramento on the way there. <laughs> uh, I was also watching him the other night against the Clippers. He seems like a really annoying guy. Uh, he's weirdly fat, so Spike probably hates him. Uh, he runs with his chest puffed out. Uh, shorts don't seem quite long enough. Uh, he also kind of looks like <laughs> the uh, pop singer songwriter Charlie Puth, and I, I like Charlie Puth, but I don't <laughs> like other people looking like him. Uh, so yeah, I, I think this is this is a big uh, a big booing occasion. I'm a little bit worried that maybe it's been too long though. I don't I don't know if like a million things have happened since he signed and then didn't sign. Uh, I'm a little bit worried that the Sixers fans are going to show out for this one. I I hate Bielitsa, so I'm I'm all for that. I hate I love hating the Kings because of him. It's the weirdest thing ever that he totally lied to get out of his contract. It seems like an NBA thing and to get Although, to Sacramento like, of all places. Like, I, well, they give him, they give him more money. Not I, that I mean, much more. It's not like they gave him a max. They gave contract. him three years, but mm-hmm. they gave him three years. Yeah, I, fifteen million dollars is more than four million dollars. I mean, it's a lot more. So, yeah, I I hate him. Um, I, I'm glad you picked the Kings game. Yeah. Uh, so a- after that, we have uh, the fourth and final game of the season against the Celtics. Uh, and despite how miserable the first three games have been this season, I do still have this sort of masochistic instinct to, to just keep playing them until we get it right. Because I, I do feel like we're one good away from turning the corner against them. Yeah. And I want to keep trying until we get there. Uh, it was pointed out to me on Twitter that that's the second half of a back-to-back. I believe we're in Charlotte the night before. Uh, I say just don't send anybody to that game. Like, like <laughs> fine, sign Andrew Bogut for that one game and have him play 35 minutes. That's cool. <laughs> just take just the four guys at home. Yeah, just, just kind of yeah. do the Popovich thing. Just, just, just basically, yeah. The, the hand, don't even, hand, hand don't even send Brett. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know who, who even is our second in command coach at this point. I, is Jim O'Brien still there? Maybe. Uh, is he still there? I don't know. Maybe we can borrow Mike D'Antoni from the Rockets for that one. Sure. Uh, yeah, yeah, sure. Uh, but, but anyway, uh, aside from that with the Celtics, uh, I have an experiment with that game that I'd like for the Sixers fans to try out. I think it's, it's unlikely that I'll actually get this one to take hold, but I want to at least uh, offer it up to you guys for your thoughts. So uh, Kyrie's been getting a lot of heat recently, obviously. Uh, the rest of the Celtics probably hate him at this point. Uh, Celtics fans certainly hate him at this point. Team seems to mostly play better without him, although it doesn't seem to really matter against us. Uh, but the Celtics certainly without him do continue to, to have our number. I was wondering if it might be in our best interest for the Sixers fans to cheer Kyrie. Like, anytime he touches the ball, just give him, like, a, the loudest standing ovation of the night. Uh, I think it'll <laughs> it'll confuse the Celtics. It'll continue to sort of sow discontent among their ranks. It might, like, enforce uh, Kyrie's kind of built-in savior complex. And I, I just think nothing good will come to the Celtics as a result of it. Uh, what do you guys think about that? I'm on board. Any fan confusion, I mean, I think cemented by... Milwaukee being very confused as to why Tony Snell was getting so booed by Sixers fans. <laughs> well, we'll yeah. get to them soon, but yeah, that, 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 that's certainly a classic example. I think any fan confusion, any any fan reaction that could confuse the opposing team, I think sort of throws them off, and I'm I'm all for it. All for it. 
almost impossible to pull, pull off be, pull off because of the number of normies in sure. a regular season game. But uh, I love it. It's a great idea. All right. Maybe we'll, we'll bring it up again a, a couple times before that game and see if we can build some momentum towards that. I think it's a, it's a fun idea. Uh, so the last of the five games is uh, against the aforementioned Bucks. Uh, I think it's on April 4th. It's a big game. Uh, it's, it's our only game in our last 10 games. You know, while Indiana's going through this death stretch, it's the only game of our last 10. It's against the plus 500 team. Uh, so we should be able to get some distance there. Uh, and uh, most importantly, uh, it should be our last chance of the season, unless we play them playoffs, to, to get to boo Malcolm Brogdon, who somehow, despite winning the Rookie of the Year award over Joel Embiid and Dario Saric, maybe it was six seasons ago at this point, seven, something like that. Uh, he's somehow never played in Philadelphia since then. I don't, I don't know how he's gotten away with that. Wow. Uh, and I, I am a little worried that because it's this late in the season, uh, maybe the Bucks rest some guys because, uh, I don't know, maybe they, they secured the one seat over Toronto at that point. Don't have that much to play for. Uh, but I feel like we can't let him slip by again. We have to go out of our way this time. Even, I, I even wonder if booing is enough. We might need like a chant or coordinated series of signs or something. Uh, I, I, how do you guys want to handle that one? I think booing. I, I just think unmerciful booing um, is the best way to do it. I, he, it's the only way we can make him feel us uh, and know what he did was wrong. And uh, wait, is Tony Snell still on the Bucks? Yeah. So do we boo both Snell and Brogdon? That's a great question. Then? Great question. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Snell was like I a mean, minus 30 the other night. I feel bad. I think he's had enough. I think we just focus it on <laughs> on Brogdon. I want some sort of re- like de- wrestling moment when you know, like Franklin hits him with a steel chair and then like steals the belt from him or something, the Rookie of the Year belt. It's a good one. And uh, then we sign him in the offseason. Yeah, because he'd be a great addition. <laughs> yeah, he would be. And I'll, I'll definitely say that if if Brogdon isn't playing, that means that Tony Snell probably is, and and then in in that case, we absolutely have to go whole hog against him. He's he's got a. I, I, I don't know if he's allowed to leave the building even. Uh, Tony Snell. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so those are the five. Any, any of those you're most looking forward to? Anything I forgot to mention? I'm not looking forward to the Celtics game, considering the um, the uh, the point in the schedule as mm. you as you mentioned. But I'm very much looking forward to the Bucks game. Yeah. Um, I I haven't thought a lot about the rest of the schedule, but I'm very much looking forward to the Bucks game. Yeah, I'd agree. I'm I'm excited to see how they cover Giannis, and I think sure. they'll throw different looks at him with sometimes Simmons, sometimes Embiid. See if, like, Boban wants to cover Giannis for a second. Just, like, swarm him. Because why not? Giannis yeah. won't know what to do. Just, Boban, put your hand right at the rim. He can't do anything. Done. Yep. We, we definitely have the chance to be unpredictable in that game, which is yeah. exciting. Sure. Uh, I, but related to the Celtics, I, I did have a question I've been thinking a lot about recently. Um, assuming that the Nets stay the sixth seed, which, which doesn't look that safe a bet at this point, considering they have the hard schedule coming up and the Pistons are weirdly good now for, for reasons unknown. And the Magic. Uh, and the Magic, sure. My uh, Magic. the Hornet. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's, it's been a weird season at the bottom of the East standings, but assuming that the Nets can, can hold on to six, uh, are we actually better off letting the Celtics pass us in the standings so they get mm, to three? We had this question. Oh, yeah? yeah. All right, never mind. Yeah, then. we, we, <laughs> we, we no. <laughs> well, no, 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 we, we, had a, we had a mailbag question, I think, last week. I don't, uh, I think everyone... Everyone gives us trouble in such different ways in the Eastern Conference that, like, the if you're if you're concerned about karma, the karma of choosing to go up against somebody mm-hmm. just feels like it would punch us right in the yeah, face. Yeah, for sure. I wouldn't dare. I think any of yeah. those four teams. I really don't want Miami to make the playoffs just because I'm like tired of them. But any of those four teams above Miami, with Brooklyn, Detroit, Orlando, and Charlotte, I, they would give us trouble in like a, in their own sort of weird way. Um, 
Brooklyn, obviously, with their horde of guards that we can't cover. Uh, Detroit, we've had issue covering Blake, who's turned into a very good player and can sort of do everything on the court. Um, although it'd be fun to see and be Drummond. Um, oh man, Orlando. I guess I'm not. I guess there's nothing that. I mean, there's got to be some weird faults karma if we play Orlando in the first round. That'd be kind of weird. And then Charlotte yeah, having it, having Kemba, you just kind of like you know pencil him in for 55. And the magic Vucevic has always gone off against the Sixers. It's sure. the ex-player thing. I don't know, but it just seems to me like the the safest side of the bracket would be four or five against the Pacers, who I, I don't fear in the slightest. And then getting to play the Bucks potentially in the second round rather than the Raptors seems a, a little bit of a better match to me. But again, we don't we don't know that for a fact until we see that. But wouldn't it? I so I hear that if you could like orchestrate it. But wouldn't it be better to get in the th- get in the three, beat whoever's there, have to play one of Milwaukee or Toronto anyway? hopefully beat them and then on the chance that the Celtics win that then at least you have home court going against the Celtics I guess uh, home court doesn't seem to matter that much in this Celtics matchup at least hasn't so far sure I, I mean the know. Celtics are 14 and 16 on the road this year so they're they're, they're oh. 24 and 9 at home the Sixers and Celtics are both 24 and 9 at home Sixers are 16 and 14 on the road Celtics are 14 and 16 on the road I mean, it would be great if we just didn't have to play any of these teams. We, we somehow got like a Eastern, <laughs> Eastern Conference playoffs have uh, to go schedule through. that involved. Yeah, just 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 the 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 Heat and then the the Hornets and then maybe in the Conference Finals we can play the Pacers without. Well, who who that's, do you want to play the most between the Celtics, Raptors, and Bucks? Uh, right now, I'd say the Bucks, but again, there's is, is just that kind of unknown thing. Uh, I, I know for a fact that we don't match up well against the other two teams, but but, but it, that could be changed if we if we handle business in the last game against the Celtics. I I, I really do feel like there's just, we're just one game away from NB just kind of dominating Horford, which which he did in that Christmas matchup. Even though everyone seems to have forgotten about that, but I guess, I guess Horford wasn't quite healthy at that point. But I, I really think it is one of those kind of little brother or older brother things where the little brother just has to win decisively once, and then the entire momentum of the the matchup shifts. That might be wishful thinking, but I, I do feel like we're, we're not that far away from that happening. I'm into it. Yep. Uh, so last thing for me, I'm sure you guys have talked about Mike Scott already. Obviously went 6-9 and nine for 3 against the Warriors last night. Yeah. Had that brain fart in the last minute, but uh, nonetheless, I am officially lifting his probationary period. He is not Mike Muscala. Uh, congratulations, Mike Scott. Welcome to the Sixers. Wow, good. Well, I, maybe you saw, maybe you're scared of the neck tattoo guy that's willing to fight. <laughs> maybe you're just like a little more sure of uh, fighting Super Mario tattoo uh, Muscala than emoji eye neck tattoo Mike Scott. That's, I was sort of looking forward what... to, the, to the possibility of getting to call him Neck Muscala as his nickname. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, probably better off for all involved. That doesn't actually become a reality. So uh, congratulations, yeah. Mike Scott. Uh, look forward to not wow. meeting you in the future. I mean, imagine wow, Mike Muscala having that step back three off the dribble that I, 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 I cannot and I will not so <laughs> falls right over uh, thanks to you <laughs> yep thanks buddy alright that's it um, more games this week which means more podcasts boy I, I was thinking about the playoffs the other day and uh, man uh, we're gonna have to figure that out <laughs> yeah that's a lot last year was tough <laughs> really, really, really gotta let, lower my minutes, minutes I, yep. I need to be on a minutes restriction for podcasts um, well, uh, but I do have one more thing to talk about. What? Zaire Smith, G League debut. Did you watch it? Uh, I did not watch it. I heard it was rough. Um, I saw some highlights. It looked like he was shooting at a different basket <laughs> a couple of times. <laughs> he looked very I just, rusty. I watched the whole game. Yeah. Uh, proud to say. <laughs> um, he looked incredibly rusty. Um, 
and also like not really involved. It seems like the players, other players, don't like him, which made me sad. Maybe they like resent him for being a you know a top pick, and everybody else like not wanting him there. He seemed kind of lonely, but he did put his he did put uh, the weight back on. He was down to one sixty four, I think I read, which is tough, and he's now back up to a little over two hundred. Um, he still cuts nicely, still gets up. Uh, his handle looked somewhat improved um but yeah def- definitely rusty but we'll see you know takes a little time takes a little time but i yeah, i still believe wow. in him uh, making an impact in that in that last in that last <laughs> those last five games against non-playoff teams absolutely give me in there oh god bless you god bless you Mike. i believe god bless and also I dj Hogue looked really good. good dj Hogue looked really good he's a player absolutely um good. rashad vaughn looked terrible Awful guys. I feel like I feel like there should be a Ricky night at the the Blue Hornets, blue, the Blue Coats, the Blue Coats at some point. I I can't believe we haven't done that. Yet. I would love it. Uh, they would they would let us do whatever we wanted. I bet we could like put a guy on the team or something. Yeah. That that's that's what I'll say. If we can, if I can play. Well, why can't we have a listener do it? Gonna no, be it's gonna be me. Okay, you. I, I don't I don't okay, get to fucking play. Some can sh- we do both? All right. But I get the more minutes. All right. Uh, the listener sure. plays for the other if team. We, I get to play for Delaware. Well, I don't know if they could get the other team to agree, the but D-League. I would say if if we can dress two guys for the game, at least dress them and sign one-day contracts, um, then we will do Ricky Knight at the Bluecoats. We'll sell. I'm sure we'll get 500 people to go. So, um, And uh, final reminder about the lottery party, sign up for the newsletter. I, you won't want to miss it. You will not want to miss it. All right. Um, are you done with TTP? Yeah, you know, look, face. We are the murderers there. That with the jail and we murdered the murderers there. Then with the hell and discovered the devil delivered some hurt and despair. Used to have power to push. Now I smoke pounds of the push. Holy, I'm burning the bush. Now I give a fuck about none of this shit. Two runner over and out of this bitch. Get done. I'm in a rush to be numb. Dropping a thousand ain't much. Come from the clouds on a missile to turn.